Pulp MX Network production. Thanks for all the support, Pulp MX fans. The Pulp MX app is now available for both iPhone and Android-based phones. For all your moto needs, shop at btosports.com and use the current discount code PULPMX. And don't forget to click the Amazon banner on PULPMX.com when purchasing anything from Amazon. It's the Steve Mathis Show, brought to you by RacerX, presented by BTOSports.com and ThorMX. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOSports.com RacerX podcast presented by Thor MX. Check out Thor MX for all the 2014 gear as well as BTOSports.com. We thank them for coming on, and you can save lots of money by listening to the commercial and listening for the discount code to save money at BTOSports.com. This is the RacerX podcast. Utah Miller Motorsports wrap-up. I'm your host, Steve Mathis. With me on the line, a couple of Jasons. Uh, first off, my boss, the Racer X Line online editor, Jason Wygant. Yeah. And uh, former top privateer, two-time German Supercross champion, multi-time Montreal Supercross champion, Jason Thomas. What's happening? Not much. I know what didn't happen was a podcast last week. And all hell broke loose. Well. People must be upset. I, I, what I don't understand is people were very angry and telling me to do the job, do 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 my job, and this and that. It's not like we were all lounging at the beach, clinking our glasses together, laughing away about how we're not doing a podcast. You know, it wasn't some mo- it wasn't some massive monster plan. Hey, let's do a podcast. Nah, forget it. I mean, we tried. Why, Gant? We tried. Yeah, I was uh, I was in New Jersey shuttling my mom between doctors' visits, and you know how those go. Okay, yeah, this is going to happen at 3, and then you really get in at 3.30, and it's supposed to end at this time. Like, So that was impossible. And then, uh, JT, were you at a trade show or something? What were you doing? Uh, no, our, our uh, national sales meeting was here in Boise this week, so it was kind of the same thing where I was dealing with reps, and there, you know, there's 110 reps in town, so it was just constantly something going on. And you know, I would think I'd be good, and then I would get called that I have to go help somebody do something with the show. and. Just it was like the perfect storm of unavailability for both of us. Yeah, yeah. Unadilla, we hardly knew you. Did. Yeah, Unadilla. I mean, it was awesome. It was incredible. Watch it on TV for the whole story. Yeah, the full story. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So uh, you know, whatever people, we're, we apologize, but we tried and it didn't work out. But we're back for Utah Miller Motorsports Park um, race review wrap up. I guess first of all, uh, Wygant, what'd you think of the track? What'd you think of? the entire facility and all that? The uh, facility was actually better than I thought it would be. And the track, well, I'd actually say the track and facility were better than I thought it would be, but that's only because I didn't know the facility would be that good, and I thought the track was going to be horrible anyway. So, so the track, I'm not saying the track was great, but my expectations were pretty low on the track side. Yeah, I think mine, uh, I, mine were too. Yeah, yeah I agree. Right, right, right. So I'm not saying that both were awesome. I'm saying the facility was awesome and the track was like, is it safe to say, eh? Uh, uh, like I don't quite get I talked to Mark Peters a lot, and I guess there were a, a thousand different mitigating factors. He said he felt like he had 20 different bosses from Wednesday on. Everything from 
uh, I guess there's like safety regulations to hold like IndyCar races and some guy from England would fly over and say like, no, this is too close to the barriers. And if you put this dirt here, that's not going to work for this. Like things that have nothing to do with motocross track, blah, 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 blah. Bottom line is it's a compromise of the race there. And that's why I kind of figure this track is going to be not so good. And I don't think it's any, it ever going to be anyone's favorite. Um, the facility was better than I thought. I thought it was just, a, you know, we've all been to road racing facilities before, but as those go, this is a cut above. Um, so I don't know. You got to take it as a whole, I guess. Yeah. It's not, as long as you don't have all 12 rounds like this, I think you can get away with it, but you don't want to do it too often. I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. You know, if you're, if you're hoping to, to land a sponsor next year for your team and you invite them out to this race and you get a suite, um, the pits are right next door. They're all concrete, um, decent viewing from suite level. You're probably pretty happy with everything. Except for, of course, what we'll talk about the um, the dust storm of 2013 yeah. to end all dust storms. Um, yeah. But yeah, the facilities themselves, short drive from from Salt Lake City, all that was pretty good. Um, and I, I think you're right; it's a purpose built motocross track. It was the first ever race on the track. They didn't have a local race or anything, so they kind of didn't know, I think, exactly how the flow was going to go. It looked a little narrow, and of course, there was the dust storm. That, that that created. And I think we have two separate things to deal with. We have the track itself, and then we have the dust storm. Now, a lot of yeah. people on my Twitter are saying, you know, how can you have a piece of crap track with a piece of crap dust storm? Well, I equate the dust storm to a monsoon at High Point or Unadilla or whatever. It just happens. It's it's just one of those things that comes in. It, and that was really unfortunate because that track didn't need any more negative publicity. <laughs> That was like, like the worst thing that could have happened. It's like, you know, whatever. It it it, it didn't need that, and unfortunately, it came. If that dust storm comes at High Point, uh, in the form of a monsoon, or that dust storm comes at, um, you know, Washougal, um, the windstorm, then we don't hear much about it. But is it the worst possible time? JT, what do you think? Uh, well, I thought the. The facility and the venue and all that was really impressive. Um, you know, it was really close to Metropolitan City and all that kind of stuff, which was cool. Um, I thought they did a good job with the organization, and the pit area was really professional and all that kind of stuff. Um, and anytime you're doing a, you know, kind of a one-off uh, man-made track, um, you know, it's it's not going to be Mount Morris or Redbud or Washougal. It's just you know, you're you're not dealing with the same kind of uh, basically terrain and natural kind of rolling hills or anything like that. So um, it's really tough to ever match up to one of those tracks. But uh, I didn't think the track was itself was, was terrible. Um, I thought it was a little bit jumpy. You know, I'd like to see – I like to see outdoors with more – a little bit more natural and, and, you know, keeping to the root side of it that way. But um, I understand but, with, with this venue it's kind of impossible. But, JT m- – it seems like more and more of these outdoor tracks at all of these historic facilities are adding massive jumps in. Yeah, and, and yeah. I that's and I, I'm not a huge fan of that. Right, right. Um, I I get it. It looks better on TV and that kind of thing. But um, you know, if it was just me calling the shots, yeah. I thought the track was a little had too, a little bit too many jumps. How about that? Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Here's my thing in the layout. Here's a, and again, like. Mark Peters knows more about building tracks than I do, and he's got a million other things that we don't even know about it, why he had to do this and that. But what I don't get is 
they moved a ton of dirt, a ton of dirt. They brought so much dirt, and then they pretty much used that dirt to make giant jumps. Like, why not just use it to make hills? Like, they had piles of dirt that they just jumped over, and it was like, okay, they built a man-made mountain that they just jumped anyway. Right. That's the part that I don't get. And also, I think there was that one area that had those tight switchbacks, which there were a ton of passes in there all day long. Why not have a few more of those? Like, why do you have to have mega long straightaways? Like, why not throw in some 180s? I can't see how that was slowing things down and adding more turns. Yeah, sure. yeah, you have, you have a good point there. JT, congratulations on the uh, the um, Robert Downey Jr. in um, uh, what's the movie? Tropic Thunder. Tropic Thunder look after the uh, dust storm came through. Uh, I thought you maybe you were trying to audition and maybe just, just go black uh, uh, that way. It was awesome. Yeah, and I had no idea. I, you know, I was just standing on the track, and then I came in, and you were one of the first people I saw, and you guys were just dying laughing at me. Dying just, laughing. Yeah, my face is just completely covered in mud and dirt and which, dust. And... Which, I guess, goes back to, like, hey, hey, corporate VIP guy, come on out. Oh, hey, hold on to this for your life. <laughs> um, it was gnarly. It, it, I mean, I, again, I was up in the press box, so we were just pointing and laughing. But uh, there was women holding on to their children. There was umbrellas going backwards. There were banners strewn about. It got pretty bad, huh, JT? Uh, it was I, – I can honestly say, you know, and I didn't grow up in California or the desert. I've never been anything like that. Um, right. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Like, I, I was literally looking around at people, and they were all kind of looking around at me like, you know, is this going to get worse? Like, what, what's going to happen here? You know, yeah. I was starting to get worried about the riders because, as we said, with all the big jumps, they were still going for it. And I was just, man, I was like, please don't let somebody get hurt because the wind blows them off the track or yeah. does something crazy. Did anybody talk to any officials? Uh, how, were they close to putting out a red flag? No, I didn't I did, anybody. I haven't. No, they had to have been close because I know the riders I spoke to thought they were going to get red flagged. Baggett, Alex Martin, Zach Osborne. All mentioned. I thought we were going to get red flagged. It was that bad. Yeah, I heard that from a bunch of um, guys. Yeah. If if this track, the exact same layout, JT, the exact same format at a road race facility, is built just outside of uh, Bristol, Tennessee, is it a lot better because of the dirt? Remember, I mean, that's it's it's got a few strikes against it. Well, it, got, it has the windstorm going against it. Uh, which again I equate to just you know um, weather freak of weather. It's got the the, the man made factor of being like a supercross track and you know some jumps, but then it's also got the southwest. I mean the dirt is just we, we've seen it year in year year in and year out. No matter where we go, Paula tried to make a good go of it. Glenn Helen tried to do it. It's just the southwest, like it, it, or south central. I guess Utah is, but you know what I mean. Is this track better in uh, in out east somewhere? Um, yeah, I think obviously the, just, you know, where it's located plays a big factor in the dust and, and the, how the dirt, you know, kind of works out and all that kind of stuff. But you know what I'm saying, right? Like it's got a lot of strikes against it right away. Yeah. Yeah. And <clears throat> there were a lot of things that were out of, um, you know, anyone's control, obviously the, the dust storm being the major one. Um, I just, you know, there, there was, I didn't think it was. You know, I honestly didn't think it was that bad overall. There were just a lot of things that I felt like um, maybe could have been done better track maintenance-wise and some of that stuff. But it kind of comes back to that same thing where you have uh, people that have, you know, it's the first time for a national. You don't know how the dirt's going to respond. You have people 
some people working on the track that haven't worked on tracks before, you know what I mean, are on this level before. You don't know how mm-hmm. much to water or how the track's going to hold up in that long right. or that many riders. So, um, Okay. So, again, well, again, I think you summed it up perfectly. It's not the best race of the series, and you don't want to have too many of these. But it's it's something. It's It's got some positives. It's not a totally negative race. Well, I think what it comes down to is can some of the negatives be fixed a little bit? And I think we all know it's never going to, like you said, it's not it's not going to turn into high point. There's just no way you can do that. But can they make it better? I mean, again, I'm looking at the track and I'm like, why don't they turn these into real hills and why don't they add some more switchbacks? Yeah. JT's talking about track maintenance. Uh, the real question is, can it at least be made better than it was? Because I don't think the way it is, is a, a, it's definitely not a home run. I mean, the track is just too compromised for anyone to say it was. Um, home run. JT, you, you, um, you've been pretty vocal about Lake Elsinore. You raced it last year. Um, now, you're an East Coast guy, and, and I got the strongest reactions from Phil Nicoletti, Alex Martin. They just hated the track. Um, Mookie, uh, Malcolm Stewart said something on Twitter about putting a, a padlock on it. So I'm saying this with a little bit of uh, I know you're a little bit East Coast bias, and I know you hated Elsinore. It, it, was it better than that? Uh, you know, and I didn't get to ride it, so no, of I don't not. have a, as much of, um, but Elsinore's natural, natural made jumps. You know, right. You know. I think, I think the dirt was better for this race. I do. Um, <clears throat> I think the base is, is just a little bit softer here was a little bit softer yesterday than Elsinore mm-hmm. is. Uh, I think the track got away from <clears throat> the track crews on both accounts. But when it did get away from him, Lake Elsinore was much worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it just turned into rock hard, and then when they tried to apply water, it just was ice. So uh, if I had to pick which was worse out of the two, just strictly track conditions, I, I would say that Elsinore was much worse. Um, okay. But, you know, with the extenuating circumstances of, uh, you know, the dust storm yeah. and all that stuff is um, tough to say. But, but the dust storm is – are you with me on the dust storm? It's just a freak of – Nature. I mean, we can't hold this against MX Sports or no, the event not. itself. It's just no, of course not. You know, it's like saying you know the high point mutter. You know, it's like man, these things happen. Weed, do you agree with me? I kind of like. I, I, I guess so. I, I, I guess so. Unless we find out that these things happen on the daily. Um, <laughs> right. So I don't know. Do they? I don't live there. Yeah. Uh, that would be the if if they race there two or three years and it happens every time. Then I think you have to start wondering. Yeah. Well, I, I think they race cars there a lot, and you know that that would affect the car race too. Let's face it, spectator wise yeah. and things like that. You know, they had the AMA, uh, the AMA road race there, I think two weeks ago, and they had tons of problems with the dust. But they were saying that was because there was so much, uh, obviously, more exposed dirt on the infield because of the motocross track. I don't think they'd ever had that problem there before. Right, right. Um, so it's kind of hard to gauge. Um, I, it is key, though, to say, like, it's not just that we went to a road race facility that made it good. Like, as road race facilities go, the fact that I had that, go- that go-kart track thing was going all day long, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. It was open all day long. Like, that's pretty awesome if you're a spectator or a team guy. Like, I think a lot of riders, now that they've went, are like, man, I'm going to go in early next year and hang out and do some stuff because it was a lot more than just, like, Daytona is cool, right? But it doesn't have anything to do. Yeah, it's just a car race track with a supercross track in the middle. This actually had activities you could do. Yeah, Alex Martin. Indeed. In fact, Alex Martin told me that was the best part of the weekend: the go karts. So there you go. Yeah. Um, JT yeah. or Weege, I didn't get to go to the press conference, and actually, I, I missed Tomac and Villapoto after the race. I missed most of the podium guys. I guess I'm just not doing my job very well. 
What did they have to say about the track? The winners. Uh, I know where you're getting at. You're going to say that thing where the winners thought it was fine. No, no, no. Um, I'm interested. Oh. Well, yes, the, you know, the, 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 there is that. Um, show me a track at any point this year that riders haven't complained about. Riders complain about tracks. That's what they do. Um, just like yeah, I, you know what, you know. though? Villapoto uh, was pretty vocal, if you remember, at Muddy Creek. And he even said the the famous it wasn't really a natural a national track it was too narrow and and too tight and stuff like that. Uh, yep. He didn't have that level of uh, complaints this time around. Uh, no one really, no one really tore into it that badly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's because everyone's being cool and they're like, hey, it wasn't that good, but it's the first time. And I kind of see what they're doing here. The facility was nice, so I see the upside of that. So I'm going to give it a chance. I think that was the prevailing thing. I mean, for sure, no one said it was awesome. And to give you an idea what they were dealing with, like Baggett said, it reminded him of, you know, any random Tuesday afternoon out at a track in Southern California, which he's used to, but I don't think anyone thinks that's great. Yeah. Um, so I don't think anyone thought it was great. Anything really, anyone really liked it, but everyone's trying to give it a chance, so no one, uh, no one went off on it. I'm definitely with you, Weege, on that. There was a lot of jumps, and big ones, too. Like, do we need massive booter air? jumps on a monocross track well i'm just saying if you have a thing that's flat and then you move yeah they said they moved 168,000 uh cubic yards of dirt 168,000 a supercross track has 6,000 so if you move that much dirt you Mm -hmm. can do a lot to make you know somewhat Mm -hmm. of an elevation change make up for the fact that it's flat yeah but you don't do that by just having them jump over all those piles yeah yeah um, any uphill start? I mean, that's a lot of dirt. Did we? Did, did you need that? You know, I don't know. Yeah. What if the uphill start bring and then you waste it because it's a hill that is only used once? What? Right. You just use it one time. Uh, yeah, I don't get it. I'm sure that guy that tumbled down the inside of it in the second 250 moto probably didn't like it either. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what the point is. Um. All right. Well. Uh, anything else, JT? About the track? Well, I, I think I think the uphill start is actually good. I think it's much safer. Um. Yeah. I, I, going into the first turn. When everybody lets off, you immediately slow down by default. I think that's a that's a big positive. So I'm pretty partial to the uphill starts as a you know as a whole. Uh, like I like I said go. like I said coming into the event too. Um, you know we we had Southwick on the schedule, which was sand, and we have certain guys that are good at that, and we have certain guys that are good in the mud. Uh, maybe we just have certain guys that are good at you know jumpy, crappy dirt <laughs> made tracks. <laughs> like Big Bagger, for example. He was much better yeah. this weekend. Um, he's from SoCal. He rides SoCal all the time. And, uh, you know, it's. I mean, it just adds a wrinkle to the series. So, I don't oh, This know. was a very much a Southern California track. Yeah. yeah. No question. Right. Vegas, right. SoCal, any any of those type, type areas, uh, Phoenix, you know, yeah, uh, New yeah. Mexico. I mean, that, that's. Pretty much any track you go to is exactly that. Jason Anderson's home race, once again. Another yes. one. Yeah. yeah. No. Yes. One of his many home races. <laughs> um, I, I was just getting, <coughs> excuse me, I was getting um, a lot of, you know, Twitter, and it's dangerous to rely on Twitter replies, uh, Twitter people. Uh, um, I was getting some Twitter responses that said the track looks, the crowd looks pathetic and the track looks pathetic. And a couple of Twitter people said the crowd looks fantastic. So there you go. Uh I thought it was good. It looked, it looked, it was spread out, and it looked on the far side. It looked all. Uh, Weege, what do you think of the crowd? I thought it was strong. Yeah, yeah, the crowd I think was pretty good. That was also better than I thought. Because the one thing I think 
really has working against it is Salt Lake City is kind of in the middle of nowhere. So you're basically pulling your crowd from Salt Lake City and then where else? I mean, how far is Vegas? Eight hours? Uh, five, five hour drive. Yeah. Right. And there's some cities in Colorado that are, that are super far. Uh, it, it's not like when you drive to Unadilla, there's no doubt Unadilla is in the middle of nowhere. It's an hour from anything. But within three hours is everything. Yeah. Uh, here, I was actually surprised that uh, the crowd was that good. What do you uh, think? It actually oh. goes to show you things that we don't even think about. I heard the track spent like $150,000 on ads and media and marketing and all that stuff, which is something that no other motocross track will ever be able to even touch. Like, think about that. That's just the scale of that place. Yeah. And those things that we don't think about make a big difference. Like, I went to a minor league baseball game on Friday, and they had a ticket giveaway. That's stuff you don't see at other events, and that makes a big difference. People probably didn't even know about it. I'm like, oh, we'll check it out. Is that where you paid six seventy five for a hot dog? Yes. You yourself paid six seventy five for a hot dog. Uh, as you see, I tried to make up for it with five dollars worth of toppings. <laughs> Good point. You'll get you'll get your money's worth somehow. Yeah. JT, yes. th- what do you think of the crowd? You were uh, out in the middle of the track, uh, you know, pretending to, to pretending to look like a black man. Um, <laughs> what uh, what do you think of the, of the crowd? Uh, I, I couldn't really tell. Um, you know, these speedway courses are so deceiving. It's the same as, as like a Daytona or any of the races like that. It's so spread out and the track so, uh, just covers so much ground and there's all these different areas for parking and, and spectating that I couldn't really get a good grasp on it. Uh, you know, usually we've gone to most of these tracks so many years in a row that you know where the crowd, you know, you know how it's supposed to look and then you can kind of gauge it from there. Uh, so I don't really know. And, th- and I talked to Davey Coombs, and he was saying that uh, there w- it w- actually was well attended and he had got some preliminary numbers and, and so on. Uh, so, you know, I- I'm hoping it did well. I know that, the, you know, like we said, the money they spent to promote it and all these things and all the work that went into it, uh, I- I'm hoping that, you know, it was worth it. Um, yeah, well, it'll be back next year, Weech, right? I mean, do we – we're pretty much just – Yeah, I think it's yeah. already – I think it's definitely two, if not three, so already set. Um, that's how most. I, I think everything that starts new always gets two. Right. Okay. Um, you know, Elsinore is two. Power is two. So we're talking about you know, uh, yeah. Muddy Creek will be two. You at least uh, get two shots at it. Lots of rumors of Elsinore being canceled uh, at the race. Uh, you know, it was seemed like it was going through the pack. I blame the truck drivers. They start most of this crap. But uh, I was speaking to people who who do indeed know a lot about the situation and. And there is some issues going on with land. The pits are going to be moved. Um, there's going to be some water things. The equipment will be have to be rented. There will be – there is some issues going on, uh, but there will be a Lake Elsinore National this weekend. So if you're listening to this uh, on a Monday, you can know that there will be the race. And uh, stop tweeting me about it. So, um, One – well, one title – well – I shouldn't say one title was expected to be clinched and one wasn't, but they both were. I guess, first off, Weege, um, uh, Villapoto right now is uh, just on another level. Uh, he was angry, aggressive, and just waxed everybody. Yeah, and that's uh, – I, I know right now it was like, even in our TV meetings command, we're like, obviously Villapoto's just going to win both motos and win the title. It's done. And I'm like, yeah, but isn't that weird? He got fourth two races ago. Yeah. Like, he was only coming in on a two-moto win streak. Um, just weird how much has changed uh, week to week. And for him, he says every time they make bike changes. You know, it's like Dungey gets close, and he pulls back. 
Yeah, you really, you really, really think it's just bike changes? I mean, that's what Phil Poto says. I don't I know. know if certain tracks are good for certain guys. I mean, it seems crazy. Wouldn't you think, JT, if there was one... Martin. What's that? Oh. Uh, I think we lost Weege. JT there. Um, yep. Wouldn't you think if there's one track that maybe wouldn't suit Villapoto's um, style as much? It would be, you know, crappy, SoCal, loose, dirty track, crappy track, uh, crappy dirt track, uh, Miller Motorsports? Well, I, you know? I don't know that because when I watch Villapoto ride, he is very, very good at finding traction seems to be none. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think, you know, I, I first kind of noticed that on when he would race on a white bike at, you know, in the California rounds especially, he was he was hooking up and finding all this traction and, and being so aggressive when I felt like I couldn't even get on the gas out there. So I don't necessarily think that's true. Um, I, I just think he has a knack for, uh, you know, all, obviously all kinds of tracks, but I think he does well on this kind of track are you surprised how how much he dominated how bad it was um 37 seconds i think in the first moto not really after watching practice i was kind of like uh yeah everybody's in for a long day because (laughs) he he really was just kind of on a different level obviously as he as he showed we do you surprised he dominated that much um no, I, it's like that Unadilla thing. Like, all of a sudden, I think he's found some other okay. setup or level or something like that. No, I really wasn't. Just like JT said, once he had the starts, forget about it. You know, I do the Racer X Twitter at the races during the motos. Um, the, the poor guy who, who, who sent two replies back who couldn't believe they didn't pick Villapoto for Team USA. He couldn't, <laughs> be, he couldn't believe it. He said, I don't get it. He's leading the points. He's winning. Poor guy. I was too busy. So not good enough. I was too busy in the heat of the moment to reply. Uh, I hope he checks some press releases and timelines. Is that like Roger DeCoster bias? <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, you know. Just uh, we feel like Barsha's just a better pick. Just, just you know, we just feel <laughs> really like want, really want Dungey with that number one out there. <laughs> we just feel like Barsha's looking. There's some potential in Barsha, and uh, you know, RV's just a little, a little bit like a time bomb. You just never know. Um, so I hope that poor guy uh, figures it out. But. Um, yeah, frustrating for Ryan Dungey. Uh, Kennard was good. 11th fastest JT. We do the, uh, pre-race pulp cast and both of us or all of us were going, what was going on? What was happening with, um, with Trey Kennard? 11th fastest looked kind of so-so in practice. It looked to me, I wasn't following his every move, but I thought he pulled in the mechanics area a few times, a few too many times. Uh, what'd you see from Trey Kennard? Yeah, I mean, I just don't – I try not to put too much weight into those practices because if you really look at the differences from, say, what 5th to 11th was, it it was not much. I mean, Mm -hmm. you're you're talking splitting hairs. You know, it's just not a real indicator of what's going to go on when you talk about 70 minutes of racing versus, you know, one two-minute lap time where most of the guys are riding out of control anyway. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a difference of, like – hooking up in one turn or not. Yeah, know? just yeah. one tiny little mistake. You know what I mean? There's just so much uh, emphasis put on it. And then, you know, it's like we always talk about. Everyone's so worked up about practice. And then once the first moto, the first lap, no one cares about practice anymore. Yeah, you know? yeah. I don't know Ryan Dungey that well. It's been well documented. Um, <laughs> but he's 
he seems overly complimentary to RV on the podium. Like that, I just think about like Chad Reed and James Stewart years. You're just never going to hear that. And I don't. Again, I'm not at the press conferences all the time. Is he the same way at the press conferences, Weech? Yeah, absolutely. Because there's times where they run into each other. You know, one's leaving the room, one's coming in. Yeah. And uh, I feel like uh, if anyone has the um, 2011 Power Race on DVR, and you can go to Ally Sports and find all those archives, that was where it really came down to the final moto of the year between those two. Mm-hmm. And I think at that point it was like, okay, Reed was in this for a while. He's out. Stewart's not even racing. This is really our sport now. And I think that was the first time they really realized that. And then in the podium, they were all like handshakes and hugs. And I'm like, okay, they've decided that story. They're going to play this. Yeah. They are now the rivals. They are the guys. And they are not going to do it Stewart and Reed style. Um, but, I mean, Dungy's, I think Dungy's over the yeah. top a little bit. And it's not a criticism. I'm not criticized. I'm surprised. Um, yeah, well, it goes back to, um, I mean, I, I, I always say in this sport, like, people get mad that the riders don't stir it up more and talk more trash and stuff like that. Yeah. I always say the tough thing about motocross is it's scary and nerve-wracking enough, and I feel like most of the guys don't want to add to it. Um, and Dungy certainly, I think, in that category. I mean, he's proven at different times that, you know, pressure or nerves or controversy, it, it, that's not his forte. So I think he does everything he can to not have to deal with any of that. Well, if only we had a better guy that hosts the Supercross press conferences to stir it up a little bit, Weege. Yeah. You were never very good at that. Yeah, when I was told, do not ever, be, do not talk to the riders, don't make eye contact with the riders, don't become friends with the riders. <laughs> That's long you gone. Need to be the enemy. That's long gone. Yeah. Um, you need to be the enemy. <laughs> but I'll tell you, it was freaking tense back in those days when it was Stuart Reed Carmichael. Holy crap, was it tense between them? Yeah, I want that back. So, I want that back. That was that was awesome. Um, yeah. When when no matter how bad Chad got beat, he just couldn't bring himself on the podium to say anything but like, you know, yeah, we're we're gonna make some bike changes here and. Uh, you know, yeah, you were good, but uh, <laughs> yeah, didn't have the lines, didn't have the right lines that day or yeah, whatever. Yeah, Cause, yeah, because well, those guys were gnarly. Those guys are gnarly. Hey, uh, speaking of the press conference, though, this is hilarious. So, I guess at some point Villapoto has said like he wants to race two more years, or is the Cowie deals two more years. I think yeah. he said that before. Yeah, yeah, right. So, um, everybody talks to Villapoto, then Dungey's next, and Rob Bidas, who's the press conference host, says. Um, Filipoto has said that he's only going to race two more years. What about you? Do you think you're going to be in this for a long, long time? you got other guys moving up. And I think Dungey wasn't shocked. It's like he didn't know any of this. <laughs> and he was like, wait, he just said that? Well, he said it before. When? When did he say it? <laughs> well, he's just said, like, two years and he's done. Today he said that? <laughs> like, it was awesome. Right. <laughs> it was the greatest news he'd ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> no, D- R- Villos said that. Yeah, he said that a few occasions. I think on the Pulp Show and things like that. You know, yeah. he's looking at the, like the three-year deal would be the last deal, and he's gone through one of it now. So, Dungey uh. uh, was very excited. <laughs> he went out and bought two uh, a 2014 and 2015 calendar, and he is now marking off days yeah. with an X. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I just feel like Dungey was just like, man, he rode good. He's ri- really riding great, and. He's he's got it figured out, man. He was he was tough today, man. He and I'm just like, wow, Dunge just he couldn't talk about RV how great he rode enough. <laughs> Which I mean, I, if you look at if you look at what Dungey is doing to everyone else, yes, and then you look at what RV is doing to Dungey, it's it's hard not to be. Yes, you know what I mean. Where, because they they've never really had any takeouts with each other. They've never ridden overly dirty at all with each other. 
Um, so if you take RV out of this equation, look what Dungey would be doing, you know? Yeah, he but, would but, be crushing everyone. Just I want the James. Like uh, want, last year? For, right, right, right. And right. every year that RV hasn't been there? I just yeah. want a little bit more Chad Reed, James Stewart talk. Yeah, I, I just don't think you're going <laughs> to. Unless, unless one of them. Come, yeah. All you need is one takeout. Right. That's really all you need. And then everything can un- come unraveled from there. We kind of did have one takeout before RV broke his leg at St. Louis. I guess because he broke his leg, it was lost in that. But he 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 was a little dirty. That yeah, I remember yeah. before the finish line there. Yeah, yeah, and I just think you know you need one takeout, and then they come guy, the other guy comes back, and that that uh, kind of camaraderie can go away very quickly. Because we, yeah. we've seen the same thing with Chad Reed and James Stewart. They were they would bro down, and then one thing would just send yeah. it into you know. That's a good point because at one point craziness. James said on the Pulp Show that he was he'd buy he'd buy uh, Chad a white mocha. Right. I, I'm just saying yeah. it can go and then, it can it can really go in your favor to where you want really quickly. It just takes one yeah. one in, intentional or even unintentional move. To be honest with you, right. <laughs> uh, so there's always know, hope for you. You know, <laughs> I, I I think we know from hanging out with RV off the record and behind the scenes, like he's ready if that day comes. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> he, will, he will be fine with it. Oh, yes. <laughs> he will be rubbing his hands together, yes. going, ooh. If this was going the other way, <laughs> right, I don't right, feel right. that this would be the same no, situation. No, RV would not be up there saying, I, I agree. Brian Dungey's tough, man. Man, he's tough to beat. You know, He, would not, he wouldn't be a jerk. No. But it would not be the same. I, I 100% agree with um, that. Speaking of press conferences, Weege, uh, we didn't obviously do a podcast last week, but the the whole RV is getting surgery. It's going to miss the motocross the nations. That was known for a couple of weeks. Um, I'd find out from Ryan, but I, I was told not to say anything. We were all kind of told not to say anything. And then the press conference at Unadilla happened. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I It was, I think the term we used for this, it was total cheese ball. Like, it's ridiculous. They handled it. Everyone um, handled the PR aspect of it, yeah, in a, in a little... Not in the well, best way. Well, I, I would say they handled it hardly, but they did get the result they wanted, which was they forced the motocross media not talk about it, which is just ridiculous. Um, yeah, everyone, I guess the donations team at first was probably going to be announced at Unadilla. So they were like, well, announce that RV can't ride it and that who is on the team. And then for some reason the team wasn't ready to be announced. So then it was going to be one week or two of no, no donations talk, except we don't know who's on the team, but we know RV isn't. And we didn't like that. So they, like, rescinded the news we already knew right. and then said to me and I guess you and you don't go to the press conference, but I think they did tell you it. And Guy yeah. B and Steve Cox are like, do not bring this up in the press conference. Do not ask Ryan about it. Do not do it. And <laughs> lo and behold, someone in the back of the press conference yelled it out anyway. <laughs> and Bidus and the PR guys and RV, like, the panic. It was if somebody just walked in there with a gun and was just clicked the safety off and was about to unload and everybody. Right, right. Meanwhile, they were just going to ask about a press release that should have already came out. Yeah, it was unbelievable. It's like, why just yelled on the microphone to drown the guy out? <laughs> and I'm just, here's my point. Like, ironically enough, like within, it's like within the same week that like Alex Rodriguez, everybody knows he cheated. Everybody knows he's a liar. Everybody knows he's getting suspended. Everybody knows he's public enemy number one. And before he plays his first game, he has to go and do a press conference. No hiding. And every game, the press goes right to his locker. You're on your own, bro. You're right, right, right. 
is I just yeah. I, I I wanted to, that was something in my notes to talk about for the for the now never done podcast. But yeah, it was yeah. kind of handled in a weird way, and yeah. Um, all right, look back back to the uh, to the race. Weston Pike, JT. Weston Pike. That's my guy. Uh, would it be fair to sh- say that you have a Mr. Miyagi uh, karate kid relationship with Weston Pike? Uh, no, because he he's. Okay, so he he does his own thing. He's a little more of a rebel of the karate yes, kid. Yes, let's put it that way. Um, but like, no, I mean I've long been. He's not waxing your car, if you ask him. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I've long been uh, kind of driving this bandwagon, so to speak. Um, You've been trying to help him. Yeah, yeah. I just I I believed in his ability, and and I kind of I knew him a lot better than most people. I think that were kind of railing against him for even if they had good reason to mm-hmm. uh and i just knew that there was a really good guy underneath all that and um i i knew he could do good and and i just wanted to see the guy succeed and and get you know make money and be successful and uh i don't know i, I just kind of whatever whatever for whatever reason i wanted to help the guy out and uh, i've just seen a lot of things and and felt like i had a lot of experience that could mm-hmm. help so and then other times when he does things, you slap yourself in the forehead? No, I just I really don't slap myself at all. I just kind of call him and say, hey, dude, like, you know, we're – this may not be the best way to go about it or blah, blah, blah. And he tells me I'm stupid and <laughs> this tells me why he did it. And I'm kind of like, well, you know, maybe you're right, um, but, you know, you're going to get in trouble and this guy's going to get mad. And, and I'm obviously not perfect either. I do right. stuff that, you yeah, know, Weege yeah. is yelling at me and Davey's yelling at me and uh, all kinds of, you know, so chopper gate. whatever. Chopper gate. Yeah, um, whatever. I mean, um, it's, it's hard to it's hard to say anything in this sport, or, or even even if you don't want to insult something, it's hard to even be honest about something without upsetting or offending someone along the eh, way. So. It, ain't, it ain't that hard. I think <laughs> you, of all people, probably shouldn't comment. Uh, are you five five fourth overall? And, and uh, coming from the back in both motos, he had to bump start his bike in both motos. Uh, what a ride! Yeah, he killed it. I mean, this 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 track and Lake Elsinore both, I think, are perfect for him. Uh, this is what he grew up riding. This is what yep. he rides on every day. So I honestly expect a lot of the same next weekend. I really do. Does this get him uh, a ride? This, this was these were legitimate rides. These weren't. No. Uh, he yeah. got good starts and things worked out. Like he. Yeah, he didn't take anybody out. You no, know, no, stop, these were you know. where he was supposed to finish yesterday, according to how fast he was. You know, this was. As legitimate of a you know five five as you could possibly get. We did you talk about it much on the TV? I haven't watched the show yet. Yeah, we even interviewed him. Both motos. We even sent Kelly to the pits to interview him during the second or during the first two fifty moto, wow. and then we brought him to the podium you after the second moto. I mean, that's too good a story. You sent her all the way to the back, privateer scummy pits. I like that. I'm yeah. proud of that. Yeah. Yeah. Kelly, yeah. Take, but take, it was during uh, during a race. I mean, we don't do that very yeah. often. Kelly, um, take this but we torch. We thought it was too important. Kelly, take this torch. Take a bodyguard. Go back there. <laughs> go back. We hope you make it. Take some rope and tie it to a factory rig, and put it in your belt so you can find your way back. <laughs> well, the good thing, the good thing is is they Weston has nowhere to go hide. Well, uh, Jim Stewart or Chad oh, or anyone. Right, 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 right. Yeah, all you have to do is if he's trying to hide, you just tap on his driver's side window. And say, hey, the, come uh, out here. The Aaron Bates uh, Unadilla interview. James, why, why weren't you racing out there? <laughs> Um, uh, does this help him get a ride jt i mean what's going on with him i don't 
we I broke down silly season a little bit a few weeks ago, and man, there just isn't really any spots. There's just nothing. I think I think there are spots. To be honest with you, I think um, you know he's been looked over for a lot of spots in the past because of things you know bad interviews or whatever perceived has gone on. Um, you know, I think his PR skills held him back up to this point. He just he pissed some of the wrong people off, and um, you know. But to be honest with you, if he keeps doing what he's doing, he's just going to erase that. People right. aren't going to, you know what I mean? He, people aren't just not going to care anymore, and they're going to say, you know what? We'll get the guy PR classes, and we'll <laughs> hire somebody to teach him how to talk to the media. But we, yeah. you know, there's a lot of teams out there. They need results. Period. Yeah. So. But don't like don't you just think like like a perfect landing spot would be RCH. You know what I mean? Um and don't you just feel like he's not anywhere nearly quote unquote cool enough for that team? Like that's what teams are looking for. That's what these these energy drink people are looking for. That's what these guys are they want, you know, and Weston doesn't fit into that. It just it's depressing, but that's kind of the way it is. Uh I really think he I think he would fit in honestly with those guys. I mean, he's a Southern California guy. I, yeah, I really think but- he would fit in over there. He's already on that bike. Um, I think it. I think it's a perfect fit. To, to be fair, well, I I think so too. But they, I don't think they hire him. You know, I, I don't know. Because, you know, I, and I don't. I think they have some really big irons in the fire right now. Um, so who knows if that doesn't pan out for them? Then about, who knows? I mean, about, they they need results as bad. You know, yeah. You can just as anybody else out there, if not worse. You can just say they're talking to Chad Reed. We figured it out. It's WMG team. Uh, okay, well, I'm sure I know for a fact that that's one of the guys they would like to get. Yeah. So. Um, how about this, Weege? If you're Suzuki, uh, James Stewart doesn't race. He, he, he's in third. He hurts his back, pulls out. Uh, Brock Tickle's bike breaks in the second moto. Ryan Sipes' back is still injured from a crash. Uh, all of your Suzuki riders are out, and there's Weston Pike getting fifth. Well, that speaks to a whole lot larger issue with Suzuki that involves Weston Pike. I mean – uh, we missed in between podcasts that we didn't didn't do. Rockstar moved to KTM, and uh, you know I talked to Dave Gowan over the weekend, and we've talked to him many times this year about like the complete lack of response or interest from Suzuki, despite how awesome the results are, and the team is obviously pretty solid and represents well and markets well. There's a lot bigger issue, obviously, with Suzuki than just involving Weston Pike. I no, mean, no, I know, but I'm saying a guy like, leading yeah. the points in Supercross for half a year, and they've just let him move to another brand. Yeah, no, I know. So, if you're Suzuki, yeah. you got Weston Pike in fifth, and you have Austin Howell in seventeenth in the second moto. That's your two guys. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm just saying they've got huge but, issues. Like, yeah. obviously, with some of the teams, I think we're saying. They're right there. They're looking for a rider. Weston Pike is right in front of them. Why don't they hire him? I don't, it seems like Suzuki's not even in a position to do those types of things right now. I don't yeah. know what the deal is. It's that time again. Thanks for listening to the Racer X podcast show. Brought to you by BTOsports.com. Presented by Thor MX. I appreciate it. Don't forget to click on the Amazon banner on PulpMX.com to help out PulpMX.com. We appreciate it. Listen to these commercials. Buy from these sponsors. Thank you for listening. See you on the other side.
Oyster X Podcast Show is brought to you by BTOsports.com. Whether you are looking for new gear, helmets, boots, or you need to rebuild your bike from the ground up, BTO is your source for all of your motocross needs. As a proud sponsor of the BTO Sports KTM race team and the heart of the BTO Sports amateur motocross team, it is obvious that we are about more than being just a store. We support the sport that supports us. us. We at BTO Sports want to give back to you, the listener, for supporting us and the Racer X Podcast Show. Use coupon code PULPMX when placing your order at btosports.com for a VIP listener discount. Certain brand restrictions will apply. For 2013, JT Racing enters its next generation with the all-new Evolve Light, ProTech, Enduro, and Limited Edition collections, taking quality and innovation to a whole new level. Also available in youth sizes, each collection is built with high-grade materials offering its own unique characteristics to meet the demands of today's riders, both recreationally and competitively. To find a dealer or view the entire collection online, log on to JTRacingUSA.com. Championship proven. Many motocross apparel brands make that claim, but only Thor can back it up. As America's first motocross apparel brand, Thor has set the standard for delivering the highest quality performance racewear on the market for the past 45 years. With champions like Ryan Villapoto, Blake Baggett, and Dean Wilson, to name a few, our products truly are championship proven. To see all the new 2013 products, visit ThorMX.com or head to your local Thor Parts Unlimited dealer. Thor, the official racewear of Supercross. I know two team managers that are, are on teams that um, would be perfect for Weston. His level, small salary, that kind of deal. And they're like, I wouldn't hire that guy. I wouldn't hire that guy. And it's just things from the past. And, and like JT says, how can you ignore these results? But, hey, we're a small, cliquish deal. So What has he done in the past that's this bad? I don't understand. I, I, I don't My know. My theory is, oh, he's burned sponsors in the media. Here's what you do. Hey, we want to sign you a ride. That's awesome. Just um, don't talk trash on us in interviews this year. Okay. <laughs> okay. Right. Is it that hard? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's you not know? like he's not. Right. I, I don't understand it. We, I mean, it's not like he's been caught with hookers and cocaine all the time. No. No. Uh, you'd have to ask. Although there are other riders who practically have done that, and that doesn't seem to hurt their. That's what. I, that's what I'm talking about. The cool factor, mm-hmm. the energy drink yeah. guys. That we have Weston's Mr. Miyagi on the other on the line. So, I mean, JT, you're not doing a very good job. You need to, really. What do you mean? I, the guy got fourth yesterday. <laughs> well, you said he doesn't listen to you. <laughs> he just won the, the uh, whatever it is, all-county karate championships, for, for crack's sake. Swept the leg. Yeah. Um, Weston would sweep the leg. Oh, no mercy. <laughs> no. Weston has no mercy. Let's, <laughs> let's, um, let's make that clear. Let's, let's talk about Chad Reed. Because, you know, like we said, the RCH team, maybe there's a – possible fit there. Chad Reed did tweet something out like, you know, keep the dream alive and my own team going or, you know, go somewhere else or whatever. So we, we do know that that's an option for the 22. But, I mean, JT, what was his deal yesterday? He he just pulled off the track. Uh, yeah, he went. He wanted to go home. <laughs> <laughs> yep. His, did, did someone tell me that his motorhome was gone by – yeah, I heard his motorhome even pulled out before – you know, right after, the first, right after that moto. Gone. Yeah, they were gone at intermission. Yes, like I'm not going to get back on the bike. and I'm, we're, we, We've made an executive decision that fast. Yeah, I, th- I think there was a, a traffic concern, and he wanted to make sure you know, uh, yeah. well, beat, I, the, beat that crowd. 
I was thinking maybe there was a lunchtime or dinner time special he had to, he wanted to make, or a movie. Was there a movie? Maybe yeah, a one night uh, premiere. Yeah, premiere. Yeah, like the two guns. Two guns premiere was you know <sighs> want to make the the matinee. Oh. He's got a big family now, so got to get those early bird prices. Wow. Yeah. Too. Yeah. You save money. Um, that was not good, Wygant. That was not good for twenty. Yeah, and I actually I actually thought it would be. Uh, I guess Chad hung out at that place a lot. Um, in the past, he even rode there, you know, back in April when Supercross was in town. And then he was the first out, I think, in both practices. Correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't he the first 450? Like, Michael Lessie wasn't racing, so the door was open for someone to get that. <laughs> I saw him, um, I saw him like, fifth. In a, he didn't end up fifth, but for a long time he was fifth fastest, which I'm like, oh, okay. No, no, I mean, no, oh. no, I don't mean first. I mean, when they started practice, he was the first bike on the track. Oh, I, I don't know. Yeah, you the mean the, the I Have Confidence Whole Shot in Practice Award. Yes, exactly, and that means something. Like, when I'm like, man, Chad's coming out here, like, it looked like he was hauling ass from the very first lap, and he was the first bike in the track. I'm like, man, I think he's really going to see what he's got here. And then the way it ended so badly, I'm like, that's especially bad. Like, it almost like he, it just makes sense. It was like, wow, and he even was going to try, and it still didn't work. <laughs> I hate to use those words. Wanted to go home. He was I, going I, to try. Yeah, I, I think there is a... Uh... There's a dissension among the uh, people that ride a certain colored motorcycle that he may or may not ride, um, mm. that they're really struggling with bike settings. And uh, I, I know Barsha was particularly unhappy this weekend as well. Um, so I think do that. You, here's the question. Do you think he races Elsinore? Do I? Yes. No. He, he still continues with two guns premier somewhere else. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Catch the you know. Right. Movie so good you got to see it twice. <laughs> right. 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 Okay. Um. Yeah. Bad deal for 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 Chad Reed. Maybe that's the last time we'll see him on a Honda. Um. It reminds me a little bit of Millville 2010 when he simply rode off the track on the Cowie, never to be seen a green on a never to be seen again on a green bike. I think that's that's uh that's probably a yeah. A gamble I'd be willing to take. Yeah, yeah, same thing. Because when he rode off at Millville, I was standing there next to Lou Lopez from Thor MX Parts Unlimited, and I said, that's it. You'll never see him race again because he was sixth or eighth and having a terrible summer. And, and, again, I was off on the prediction about never racing again, but I did mean it, like, the rest of that year. Yeah, you so. thought you, it, was, it was true for Kawasaki and true for Lou Lopez as a Parts Unlimited guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, hey, uh, Tyler Rattray was awesome. Fourth, and then his, he was going for fourth probably again, and his bike blew up, Weech, which just figures into Tyler Rattray's deal. I did hear that he's going back to Europe, and it's almost a done deal. So, bummer for Tyler Rattray. Yeah, I was wondering what happened in that second moto, because he'd actually climbed right in there. I think yeah. he was right in there with inside of Barsha and Kennard, wasn't he? Yeah, yep. Yeah, he was coming. Uh, I don't know if he would have caught Kennard, but he was getting Barsha. What about Mookie? I, think, I know it oh. seems weird because we say it's a Southern California track. So we would think, like, how does that even apply to Rattray at all? Mm-hmm. But I think Rattray's general, if it's kind of shitty, he kind of does well on that. That makes sense. Mm. What about Mark? Just whatever. Mark? He doesn't care. what the He's a sanitation are. specialist. <laughs> <laughs> when it's shitty, call Tyler Rattray. Yes. Hey, there was only 26 guys going, 24 guys going at the end of the second moto. How weird was that? Uh, yes, I almost it was a almost an involuntary boycott. 
No, it wasn't. Guys are just pulling. No, off I'm just kidding. Yeah. yeah, there were there were a lot of crashes and it was crazy. Uh, um, yeah, a lot al- of bike problems. It Tickle al- blew up. It allowed Adam Entenap and Tyler Entenap to go twenty and twenty one. And and Tyler Entenap had a massive crash in the in the practice first moto, I think first moto, I believe. Yep, first moto. He had a big one, and then the second moto he came back and did okay. And so, so did cool. Cold Neck. Uh, is he okay? Do we know? I was. I'm not sure. That was a dirty one. I didn't I, see he it. He was knocked no. out cold, definitely. Is it on TV? Uh, yes, it okay, is. Okay, I need to see that. And I love the people on Twitter who, when the guy goes down, they hit you up on Twitter. Is he okay? Well, <laughs> I, I'm not on the Red Cross crew. Well, I have his vitals here on my phone. Yeah, yeah, here we go. He's got a uh, heart rate's high right now. Blood pressure's spiking. C- c- you know, c- come on. Um, uh, Phil Nicoletti, despite... Absolutely hating the track was all right. Jake Weimer, JT, you said Jake Weimer would do well, and he did. You, you called that a little bit. Eight, uh, Weimer went uh, eight six. Um, he did. He did good. Yeah, I think he could have done much better in the first moto. He was third and did a big donut in the third turn and yeah. went from yeah. third to like tenth or twelfth. Yeah, and then he was kind of mired in the pack. So that I think his first moto could have gone much differently had that. You, you know how that track is. If he would have got out, you know been third and then stays out of all that battle, uh, mm. I think it could have gone a lot better for him. Weege, what about Mookie? Bam, 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 bam. Uh, we review that a lot because we had the footage and we used it on the, the motocross show. Um, so we watched it over and over in slow motion. I assumed, okay, nobody dirty someone like that for no reason, right? So I'm like, surely Barca did something somewhere. Like, that doesn't come unprovoked. I asked Barca in the press conference, of course, Shockingly, he did not remember doing anything, <laughs> as no rider ever would. But after looking at it for like the 50th time, I think there's a chance that Mookie, at, at, in mid-corner, Mookie gets stood up and he's on the inside. I think he was just, didn't want to get past and came into the corner too hot on the inside, bobbled, stood up, and just didn't care. I think it was almost a mistake more than... Yeah. I'm going to put this guy into the rafters once I looked at it for the 50th time. Well, I think it was like some, I'm going to be aggressive, and then, oh, shit, I got stood up. I'm I'm now dirty, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, when you see it at first glance, it looks like he has full intent to kill Barsha the whole right. time. But I don't think that actually is the way it was. What do you think, JT? Uh, I've only seen it once. And I just, I, I just kind of thought that, um, you know, Barsha thought he was going to ride around the outside of it, and, and Muku was kind of like, uh, yeah, you're not going to pass me on the outside, you know, yeah. kind of deal. Right, right. You know, you may pass me, but it, I'm not going to just let you ride around the outside of me here. And then neither of them kind of backed out of it, and there's only so much racetrack. Um, so yeah, I, 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 do think, I do think that Stewart meant to make it stick like that, but, I, you know, it was kind of like somebody's got to let off here, and – it was like, oh, he'll let off. And the other guy's like, oh, he'll let off. And then right. all of a sudden they were in the banners. Yeah, uh, Barsha told me that, yeah, Mookie had said that was for something else, that he, and he couldn't remember anything else, of course, like we said. So we'll see what happens there coming going forward. Yeah. Uh, ben yeah. LeMay, 10th overall. Uh, good ride. Eveni Mikhailov, Drago, Crayer meets. Uh, he goes, Crayer goes 18-12. Wow. Wow, right? Crayer meets. Um, that's a career best. Yeah, but he, he got a 12th in a field of 26. 24. 24. Yeah. I don't know. The, you almost have to put a sliding scale in there. Maybe just the, the, the maybe the surface uh, of the track just reminded him of, you know, Siberia or something like that. Um, 
I predicted Chris Blow. work well for Alaskans and Russians. Yeah, go figure, huh? They're close to each other. You can see one from you can see it from the uh, edge of the yeah. yeah. True. You can see Russia's lights. Mm-hmm. Um uh I thought Chris Bose would score points in both motos. I couldn't have been more wrong. So if there was any time uh, Chris Bose was gonna score points, it sh- it should have been there. I will say that the track did remind me of Chernobyl. So maybe that's why Crayer Meets did so good. Yeah, <laughs> could be. Could be. Um all right, let's move to two fifties. Anybody else? Anything else? Uh, anyone know what happened to James Stewart at all? Uh, no. Did you get the fl- back. Did you get the flatland on video? Did, did anybody see that? Uh, that's what. No, I didn't even know that happened. Oh yeah, that's he flatlanded uh, a jump and hurt his back. Yeah, I was standing oh, okay. there right next to him when he pulled in to talk to his dad, and he was visibly in pain, holding his back. And then I spoke with his dad for a second. I was just like, you know, back jacked up. He's like, yeah, there's just no way he could even ride hard enough to even be worth going out there so mm, yeah bummer deal i asked uh one of his guys how his how his neck was and the guy said uh to me well um it's it's okay he managed to ride this week but there's no way he's gonna miss the last four he's not coming this far to pull out and i'm like oh, that's good all right so we'll see if he shows up for elson though with the jacked up back what about just putting pike on that bike right for one last weekend jt yeah, that'd be sweet. But I was going to add to that. You know how it is, though, uh, and I've done this with knees and legs and all kinds of stuff. When, say, your neck or shoulder is jacked up like James's was, you end up compensating right. because something's hurt, and then in turn you hurt something else. You pull something else because mm-hmm. you are compensating so hard. So I'm kind of wondering if that didn't play a factor. Um, yeah. You know, he was compensating because his neck hurt so bad that he ended up pulling something in his back, you know, in the flat land, obviously kind of pushed him over the edge. Right. Right. Uh, all right. Let's move on to two fifties. Anything else? Um, uh, Blake Baggett's pass on Ken Roxon on the last lap, which allowed, uh, Eli Tomek to clinch the title. Um, did anybody else see him just miss the stake? Uh, was that just me? Did not, nobody said a word. Nothing happened. It was like, I'm like, am I going crazy? Because what do you mean nobody said a word? Uh, Roy Jansen said people were flipping out and screaming the whole time. Oh, they and, were. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and I sure as heck mentioned on the TV show. It was so blatant, like it was like two, three feet. Yeah, he didn't mean to do that. He didn't mean to do it. He just kind of squared up and came came out that way. Um, but I, I think that was an advantage. It was smoother out, out there. Yeah, and it was the inside too. Yeah. It's three feet further so to the inside. Just, 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 just nothing? Just that's it? Forget it? I, uh, I believe, here's what I think is going to happen. Um, so I did talk to Roy Jansen after it, and I was like, uh, what's the deal there? And their ruling was just that he didn't pat, like, Roxon stood him up in the next corner and had second place back, and then it was the next, you know, jump where Baggett got the spot. So they decided that he didn't make the final pass by cutting the course. But I still wouldn't be surprised that there's potentially a fine coming. Uh, yeah, and I, I, I don't think Blake did that on purpose. But for the amount of um, stuff they've done for course cutting and the amount of things they've talked about and everything else, that was as blatant as you could get. Um, yeah, do you think, think there will be? be yeah. Do you think there will be an attachment of Jake Weimer, a picture of Jake Weimer with the fine? Yes. <laughs> yes. Are there any chances of that? I agree. Um, Weege, why do you think Tomax won eight motos in a row and Roxon doesn't seem to be the same guy? Obviously, the crash at Millville took the wind out of the Germans' sails. Um, is that it? Is it just the crash? What's, what's going on? 
Kenny and, and Eli were, were so close, and now Eli is so much better. <laughs> I think it's uh, flow, focus, and rhythm okay. and confidence. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, just down the flow. Just feeling it. Yeah, mindset and just flow. It. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I've noticed, uh, you know, it's preseason hit, NFL time. Let me just hit my head and, on the uh, microphone repeatedly. Yeah. It's preseason NFL time, and uh, – I think you've heard a lot of that, you know, everybody's trying to figure out how their teams are shaping up for the season. So like you hear a lot of that analysis, don't you? Yeah, no, I, if I've heard Troy Aikman talk about a guy feeling it once, I've heard it a thousand times. Yeah, that's, what did the defense do here? Was it a nickel package or was it a 3-4? No, they're just feeling the flow. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, yep, that's uh, all it is. Um, Adam Seen Cirillo, JT, finally. Yeah, it's uh it, it was awesome because I just I felt this has been coming. I didn't think it was going to happen for him this year. Not like that that you know great of a, of a ride, but um, he was. I was talking to John Tomac about this, and he was in total agreement with me. Is even his son has played a part in this? Is the bar has been raised so high for these guys coming in from amateurs that no one wants to give them a chance to to grow up a little bit and sort it out. If if they don't win right away or are on the podium their first race, it's everyone starts going, "What's wrong with him? Is is he going to make it? He's he's not, you know." Well, John's we, son contributed to that by winning. That's what I just said. Race. Yeah, his yeah. his son was a, a contributing factor into that yeah. expectation. But we've seen the same with Jeremy Martin. We've seen it with at you know. What I mean, it, these guys didn't forget how to ride. Uh, everyone just needs to take a deep breath and you know, let it happen for him. It's it's you know they're going to figure it out. These guys are young. They've only raced a few times. They're going against guys that have been in the class for years, you know. So I don't know. Like his first moto, third was obviously pretty good, but to me, Weege, his second moto, he was dead last. He was sixteenth on like lap three. Uh, yeah, I didn't even know that that happened. And then when I did see the footage later that our video got the verb guys got, like he was dead last. Like it wasn't oh, yeah. a pile up with five other guys. No, you know what I mean. If 10 dudes go down in the first turn, they all say they were in dead last, even though 10 of them were down together. Right, right. But uh, this was not the case. Uh, so I think the one thing he's really been struggling with, too, is, you know, with all his illness and levels being down, uh, he obviously showed he's got some strength, too. Because as crappy as we could say the track was, it definitely wasn't smooth, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. It'd be pretty tough. No, we've seen, moto. we've seen him fade. He said he's faded. Yeah, he yeah. said he's been tired. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yep. So, well... It was. I think, JT, you're, you're saying this was coming. This was still a pretty big jump from where he's been. Oh, without a doubt. And this was a. Uh, I don't want to say a breakout ride, but I think you almost have to. This is going to be confidence. This is going to be some yeah. serious confidence. Um, I mean, he was literally blowing past people that he had been battling with at every race so far. Yeah. Guys like Cole Sealy and you know, legitimate guys, but they you know anywhere from a fifth to a 15th place guy, he was blowing past them and not even thinking twice. It was yeah. like, okay, get out of the way. How do I pass you? You know, how can I possibly get by this guy quicker? Uh, which, it was good, man. I, I was excited to see it because this is what, um, you know, everyone's expected from him. And uh, I just felt like he was kind of making good and, and shutting a lot of people up, honestly. In the never-ending Cooper Webb, Adam Cien Cirillo battle, uh, a guy tweeted me yesterday that, Cincerillo has like six points on Webb from the point when Adam entered the series. So just there's still 
They're still doing the math, folks. Everyone's still doing the math on that. Um, interesting to interesting to see. And it really doesn't. Both of them are doing well, right? I think, of course. You know, yeah. Cooper rode really well yesterday too. So, um, yeah, it was just kind of one of those deals where I really think because of the hype machine around Adam, which I don't think he's done much to kind of you know, it's he, not his fault. He had a. He had grown women putting their numbers on their boobs. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What's that about then? I don't know, but I, I know of one who did. Wow. So. But, yeah, oh, when, when something oh, like that happens. Single. What's that? I was going to say, when I something like that happens. Never mind. <laughs> I think Weege's joke was funnier. I wasn't making a joke. I know. Okay. Weege, what were you saying? I hope she's single, or I feel bad for the guy she's with. <laughs> See, that was funnier than probably JT's point. So. Yeah, uh, my point wasn't funny at all. So Okay. Uh, Bogle? Bogle led. Bogle led some laps. That's a step. Um, yeah, Bo- Bogle did a big uh, one-hander no-footer, too. He did? Yeah, right in front of Ziggy and all the Factory Connection guys, which they were very uh, – they found very humorous. <laughs> right, right. Um, Durham was good. Moosecan was off. I thought Moosecan would be better. Slipperier, jump-filled track, maybe a little more technical. But maybe in the end, JT, it was a balls-out kind of track. Maybe it was balls-out, and we've talked about Muscan not going balls-out. Yeah, and he had a pretty big crash right in front of me, kind of. Uh, so that didn't help. In the first moto? Uh, second moto. Second moto. Yep. Yeah, he was up to like fifth or sixth, and he lost some points. Lost yeah, some that, after the mechanics area, there was that big kind of step-up into yep. the right-hander. Mm-hmm. Uh, right there, he just lost the front going into that turn, and... Yeah, that didn't help his moto at all. That's a big jump. Um, yeah, I think? thought the one before it, the the scary one that Andrew wouldn't do. Yeah, that's was, the one. No, that's what I was talking about before. After no, yeah, not area. that one. Yeah. After mechanics area. Right. That that jump was huge. <laughs> Gotta love Andrew Short. Hey, Andrew, how's the short? How's the track? Ah, oh, it's good. Man, there's one jump out there. It's scary. I'm not doing it. It's like what? You're <laughs> you're you're sixth in the points, man. <laughs> Um, Osborne had a bad day. Will Hahn had a bad day. Will Hahn, I don't wonder what was up with that. That wasn't very good. He went backwards. Yeah, um, it wasn't a wasn't a great day for Wilbur. No, that's for sure. Davalos had bad motor problems or something. Second moto. We uh, he crashed on the first lap. Yeah, and then he pulled it in with motor problems. No. Yeah. Not. I'm not sure. Yeah, he did. Uh Jeremy Martin, that was a bad crash. Cole Seeley, jeez. That flagging was terrible in that turn, by the way. It's a right-hander, and the flagman's on the left side, basically waving his flag on the outside of the turn, maybe directing guys towards the inside when guys would go down on the inside after the inside hump. I'm like, what are they doing? Someone go over there and move that guy. So, we needed you to put down the headsets and go over and show them what's up. Yeah, and it was funny because someone at some point during the day had said, you know what this place reminds me of? Kind of reminds me of Englishtown. Because <clears throat> Englishtown's flat, and then they just brought in dirt to make hills. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Did you, did you see I it? Should've, did you see the Englishtown? my conditions. Did you see the Englishtown uh, resemblance? Yeah, it was flat, and they had built in some hills, and that's about it. <laughs> I think it resembled uh, World Mini more than anywhere else. Just the the wind and the dirt color and the the style, you know, flat with a you know man made track at a speedway type deal. 
Yeah. Uh, Weege, what's going on with your Loretta's kids? Matt Bichelia, uh 2017. Shane McElrath, 17-16. Is this just where they're at? Should well, they be uh, better? McElrath uh, got 17th in both motors at Unadilla, and then got 17th in the first motor here, and then a 16th. So step-by-step, step, uh, if you schedule that out, improving at this rate, by 2016, they'll be winning motos. Good point. Excellent point. Yeah. 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 Um, I think this is kind of where they're at. I don't, I don't feel like the, the hype for, for any of those guys is just wait. When they turn pro, they're going to come in and win motos. As we were talking about already, that unrealistic standard is there. Yeah. And I still really feel that the, really the two top amateurs this year were supposed to be Wed and Cincerulo, who now both have podiums. That's really your amateur yardstick. They just chose not to race amateurs this year, even though they could. So you got to keep that in mind. You're, it's really it's like uh, in college players versus guys that came out early in high school or something. Like they're all right. part of the same class. So next year you're gonna the Star Yamaha team looks to have uh, Martin. Um, Webb and then uh, Rodriguez. That's going to be their team, I guess. So they're they're going all in with the kids. Yeah, they've gone all in with kids before, though. And they usually then go all out with kids <laughs> right. and then go all in with new kids. Right, right, right. Um, hey, guys... and speaking of that, Darren Durham, finally a good ride. Yeah, yeah, Durham. I spoke to him after the race, and I said, what happened to Unadilla? Because that seems like your kind of track. And he just, yeah, he had a bad crash. He said it affected him all day, and the ruts got got into him or whatever but he was good second moto was good um it's been a while since he's been good it yeah Bud's creek i think was it had that great moto and you're like okay now it's on and yeah. it has not been on poor mitch payton um things are not going well although adams you know what's funny though talking to adam after the race he's like yeah it's okay i'm not happy you're not on the podium it's no good and i'm just like shut up kid oh come on yeah that's what he said he goes if you're not on the podium you can't be happy and i'm like really Really, you came from dead last to ninth, and then you got a third, and you're going to pull this on me? I, I straight out called him out. So <laughs> These kids nowadays. Uh, JT, Michael Lieb came and saw. He did not conquer, but he finally raised his first national. Yeah, he uh, – it's kind of coming apart for him a little bit in the first moto there, and then he put a charge together and passed a few guys back the last two laps. Um, but it's pretty much what everyone I talked to, uh, kind of predicted, honestly. Uh, it was what you, uh, had said where he was going to finish, you know, uh, 12 to 20 or 14 to 20 or 12 to 15 or whatever mm-hmm. you had thought, um, which he was right in that range. Uh, and then he says he'd said he hurt his wrist for the second moto and didn't ride, but I'd heard a lot of people say that he would probably only ride one moto for whatever reason. I, I don't really know what their motivation for that was, but I heard that repeatedly before the oh, race. Oh, really? So. Did you really? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I did. And I, I don't really know why, Yeah, um, but I did hear that. So I look forward to a GP team picking him up only to have it fall apart shortly after. Yes, yes. <laughs> Poor Michael There should Lee. be a trip to Europe somewhere between so, now and Elsinore. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, sometime this week, he'll get picked up by a Holland, Dutch-based uh, TM squad. Yep. He will go over there. He will not be able to to get to the workshop and the deal will fall apart and he will show up at Elsinore with Probably. a completely new mindset. Yes. Uh, Jesse Nelson was there 13th. Justin Hill got a 10th. Leach thinks Justin Hill is doing fine. He's the only one who thinks that, but, um, keep on that train. The, uh, the Troy Lee guys were together all day. Yeah. They kind of like were a Troy Lee train. Yeah. They kind of were. 
Um, uh, Dakota Tedder, 18th. First points of the year, I think, for Dakota. Yeah, and it Ooh. definitely was a California-style track. So for sure, I think right? That was indicative of all the, all the California – uh, you know, even the just West Coast in general seem to do well uh, other than Jason Anderson. Yes. I look think I think like coming up this weekend, I look for another good race from Blake Baggett, no? Hard to say he wouldn't, yes. Yes, exactly. Um Yeah, I think Baggett is now if if uh if there's anyone that's almost a threat to prevent Tomac from winning out and just ending the year with ten straight motorways, I'd say it's actually Baggett, which just sounds bizarre now where we were a few weeks ago. But he's the biggest threat I think left. In the Dakota Tedder points watch, he did get one point at Red Bud, so my mistake. So he's got four. Um, do you I have th- a question. Why? I keep hearing that, that Baggett is, is team hunting and wants out of his deal and all this stuff. Is anyone else hearing this? Yeah. yeah. What, what would it, his motivation be? I asked his agent about that like on one of the shows, and his agent said no comment. It would have been really easy for the agent to say, no, we have a deal with Kawasaki. That's We're coming back. Why would you? Oh. Yeah. I'm just looking into it a little bit more of why would he – so he thinks that he's, moving up no. to the 450 class it's cl- is – It's clear to see he's outgrown the, move. He's outgrown the 250. You can see it. Yeah, and he's clearly his, – his supercross skills are, you know, he's just – Next level. Yes, absolutely. There's no competition. You know, and clearly we're being sarcastic here, but I, I don't get it. I just don't understand that as a strategic move when the, the guy that just – won the championships moving up and your second best competitor is also moving up and the yeah. 450 class is deeper than it's ever been. And it's going to be even deeper next year. I, I just don't understand. No, I don't I really either. Don't. I don't either. Did you hear anything more about that? Or maybe they've come to no, their I senses. Just keep hearing okay. it. Yeah. I heard it. So too. obviously there's, you know, there's when you hear it repeatedly and from new people are even telling you, then obviously they heard it from somewhere else. And I asked Mitch Payton about it. He goes, well, I think he's, he needs to let me know because I got a contract with him. So, you know, I guess that's where. In the press conference, Baggett was asked about it. Friday said, do you have a deal for next year at Pro Circuit to come back? And he said, yep. And he said, he raced in 250s, and he said, that's the plan. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't really mince words much on it. Well, maybe you should have said that about two minutes ago before JT got into that big thing because there was definitely a lot of talk. No, I've, well, I've heard I'm not more. Sure. I've heard yeah, more. yeah, I'm not – I don't know him saying that the press conference is the end of it. Like, it sounds right, that way, but right, right. it definitely – it's just going around too much for him just saying that's the plan in the press conference. I mean, um, nothing is happening. Before we wrap this up, can we touch on, uh, can we touch on Millsaps on KTM? Is this, uh, is this uh, a good, bad, or neutral move, Wygant? Uh, I got some pretty good insight from um, Dave Gallon, the team manager over there. And I guess they had offers from Yamaha and KTM. And they really put it in the hands of the riders. Um, and I, I guess they even would maybe consider staying with what they had. Um, Yamaha, surprisingly, once again, just not getting the votes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, although I think there were other things involved. It wasn't just the bikes themselves, but it was the KTM has got this factory services program that's pretty much like, hey, the day you start with us, you're going to have a bike that's, you know, 95% where you want to go. And then if you want to change this and that, we can do that. I think that their overall program is actually a little easier to work with. It seems strange since Yamaha has set themselves up around nothing but satellite teams. Right. Well, but, y- uh, Yamaha is coming but, back uh, next yeah, year. Oh, both riders wanted to ride those bikes. They had a choice. Yamaha's coming back next year with Valley. So. Really? Yep. Yep. Valley's been looking around, trying to you know get some team deals and see what they can get for sponsorship. So, 
Um, yeah, looks like they're going to have a Yamaha team and be be backed by Yamaha once again. So, do not kill Valley. Cannot kill him. <laughs> it's the Jason Voorhees of teams. Um, <laughs> and, and maybe Velocity three. Maybe there'll be Velocity four now. Maybe they'll, be, <laughs> they'll come back. Um, so how's he going to do, JT? Oh, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't. Uh, I'm, I'm going to just reserve judgment there. Jesus, wow. No one's asking you for a, an oath here. <laughs> I mean, God. <laughs> okay. Does everybody else agree that he looks like a huge gorilla on that bike? On the photos we saw? Yeah, uh, I agree. I, I think he'll do fine. Um, I just think he... He's he's got a lot of a lot of you know people are gonna if he doesn't do as well, people are gonna say it's the bike, and I don't think that's gonna be the case. I've ridden the stock for 2014 KTM and the thing was unreal, like the best production bike I've ever ridden. But to back up what he did last year is also gonna be a it, that's a lot to ask. I mean he led the points for what oh twelve weeks or something. Mm. So I don't. I just don't. You know, the only reason I said that is I just don't know what the expectations are fair, because no matter what, you're going to have people saying, "Oh, see, he's not doing as good as the bike. It's the bike. It's the bike." And it could be anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Um, Jason Anderson is going to be back on KTM. How long did he ride KTMs for in amateurs? JT or Wygant? I think it was two years. Two years. Uh, I think two okay. years. He got super screwed. Uh, it's so weird how KTM has gone through these ups and downs. Uh, like he was going to be their guy, and then all of a sudden. I remember at one point KTM was pretty much done racing altogether, which seems unfathomable. It was like well, three years ago or something once, that like Tommy Searle was like suing them because he had a contract and they weren't going racing. That's true. Yeah, once Mathis and Smith won High Point, it was. Yeah. I mean, what else? Yeah. What, what else was there to do? No, they conquered it. Yeah. Right. I, don't, I don't blame right. them for losing motivation. Right. Yep. Um, so Anderson told me that when he was an amateur, his bikes were ridiculously fast. It's the same people that are rebuilding his buggers next year that build it then. He's pumped. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, see, the Millsap thing is tough. And Gallon even said that. He said, really, if anyone's taking a risk here, it's KTM. You know, we're looking good no matter what. We already got the good result last year. Yeah. But, yeah, for sure. Millsap, unfortunately, almost has to lead the points or he'll look bad, as bizarre as that is. He's got to get a taller seat or something. <laughs> is, is, there, is there any truth? I, I heard this from a, a source that would know, but I heard that he, as of like Friday, hadn't signed his contract yet. Like it wasn't, it was going to be, you know, there was no talk that he wasn't going to go there or anything like that, but it wasn't official that he was hmm. signed up. I'm sure it's just a formality. He's, right. he, he changed his Twitter avatar. He's got photos of it. He's, right, right. And, and what the word him, I yeah. heard was he wanted to approve the bike, basically. Yeah. Before he, you know what I mean. So unless yeah. the, unless it was just disastrous, then I'm sure it's all fine. Which, of course, you know, I think we can all agree the bike's good and solid. JT, like you said, you rode one. It's not going to be disastrous. So yeah, that's the 14, and obviously, I have no idea what Dungey and those guys. I'm sure their bikes are just incredible, but right. they, man, those guys are making huge strides with their motorcycles over there. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Anything else on the? Could uh, they be any more loaded? Can K10 be any more loaded? Like they have. I don't. I don't really have access. NBTO. I don't have access to their financials, but I'm sure they're doing okay. Red Bull money. Well, actually, yeah. doesn't the rumor go around that they're paid by the Austrian government funds all this? Which is just I know, mind no, I heard Schwarzenegger actually. Oh, oh, really? Okay. Yeah, Schwarzenegger funds everything. 
whole thing, the whole Austrian cut, cut government. Cut California money. Yeah, exactly. That's why. Yeah. That's why the taxes went up in California. Um, you know something like California is like the is it the twelfth biggest economy? economy in the world? Yeah, yeah, something like something that. Like I don't that. know the number, but right. something ridiculous. Just yeah. California itself. Um, uh, okay, yeah. And uh, Ryan Sipes, Blake Wharton, Nico Izzy. See you later. Series. The year isn't even done, but the press release is out. You guys need new rides. I thought that was a little weird, but hey. Gallon told me that uh, he 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 might have something in the works for Sipes. I have no idea what that means. Oh, okay. Like yeah. he didn't say like we were putting him on this team. He said he's got yeah. something in the works for him. I had three riders tell me, uh, "Hey, Mathis, keep your ears open for a ride for me. Let me know." And. Yeah. Uh, if you're one ask- of them, Weston Pike. <laughs> no, no, no. Surprisingly not. I did go to try to find him after the race to interview him, but uh, all I saw was torches and corpses hanging from telephone poles, and I didn't go back there. Um, <laughs> uh, Kelly Kelly has made it out, though, by following the fishing line back out. Um, uh, no, and I'm thinking to myself, and again, I'm like, if you guys are asking me, must be pretty bleak. <laughs> must be pretty bleak for you. So, uh, poor guys. Uh, that, this is that time of year, though, for sure. Guys are well. Looking. I mean, to, to that, to basically your point. Before Les Smith kind of nailed down this deal to be on the BTO truck and all that stuff, and then he basically got to fill in for a long time. Uh, I I was calling sponsors for him, trying to get him free chains and all kinds of stuff. Literally, yeah. Trying yeah. to, I got him. Uh, you know, I got him hooked up with W to get wheel sets. And I think you're even part of this, right? You know, we were we were literally calling companies. Uh, no, I didn't call anybody for that. I think it was myself and Max, our, our rider, sport right, guy, right. were just like basically going to bat for these guys. I mean, it's it's tough out there. The economy, you know, has, has cut a lot of budgets. So, well, you know who's coming back though. You know who's rumored to be coming back? Bradshaw. Oh no, I wish the three seven seven. Oh jeez. Yes. Yes, the three seven seven. Hot tub cigars and French crepes. He is in talks. I know that for sure with people. And, uh, yeah, he's coming back. Let's mock up. <laughs> uh, we'll see. We'll see if they're able to make a deal. But um, that'll be interesting also. It would definitely be interesting to see him on Motocon. Oh, wait. Already was. <laughs> hey, if, 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 if Porcel gets a ride, a decent ride, and Pike does not, does Pike just go up and beat the shit out of him at Anaheim 1? <laughs> just literally, after three years of retirement, does he? Does Pike find him and beat him down? Just being so angry. <laughs> Nothing Porcel did, but you know he sits out for two and a half years or whatever it is. Doesn't they can't get anything? Pike is still out of the, out of his van and just, just very angry. <laughs> Not even. I think I think even the better story is how will Tony Alessi and Christoph Porcel work together? It could be a. And I don't, and also honestly, he's talking to another team too. I know, so um, it's not just them, but he is talking to them also. It could be like Wygant one time. I think Wygant, you said this, and I don't remember who you were talking about. I think it was Tony and someone else, and you said the crazies will balance each other, where they will talk the same language. You had this theory, where that would that would be my that sounds like a theory I'd come up with, but I don't remember it. Yeah, I, I do remember coming around to Tony's line of thinking. I remember no, that. Yeah, you said that. Yeah, you said that. Um, but no, you said there was two parties that were out there. And yeah. I think it was an agent and somebody else, maybe. And you said these guys are so far out there that I think they're out there together. 
and they could get along. <laughs> I forget. Well, yeah, it does like, work that way a lot. I mean, I think Genova and Tony themselves are like that. And I'm not going to say crazy. I'm just going to say that they're yeah. both kind of anti the industry insiders. We want to do things our own way. We know better. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. can do it. Yeah. It, it, work, it works perfectly for them. Wow. The one guy suspended for the rest of the year. So I don't know if we can say it worked perfectly. For the first time, it didn't in, work perfectly for anyone else, but they love each other. For the first time in a long time, uh, a team manager has been suspended from the races. So I'm not sure if that has worked out perfectly. But yes, I get your point. First time, yeah. Dad and team manager were both suspended. First time it's happened in a long time. Yeah, exactly. Just both one guy. Yeah, we're getting rid of the dad and the team manager. Oh wait. Um. Anyways, uh, uh, Porcel. Well, I would love to see Porcel back at a high level. I think it'd be awesome. I don't think I was great entertainment. I was a huge fan. I'm just going to say that the guy was like no one else on a bike, and I don't mean in an awesome, like, his talent way. He was like comedy, like a, I will just get forced so I don't have to go to the press conference, all that stuff. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Those were great days, but I don't, I don't think he can sit out that long and be I, that good. I just, I don't think, I, I, and I know from people talking to people in Europe, and like, and I, when he's at Kawasaki, I don't think he was putting the work in. He was jet skiing. He's riding the jet ski a lot. He was, uh, Riding Paris during the week on a 450, like if he's going to jump to two, 450s, which is what I've heard, this is a lot of work, and I don't know if he knows how to put in a lot of work because he's so talented. He just rode Paris because he was homesick. But <laughs> <laughs> says says, the, says says a soul man from uh, Miller Motorsports Park. <laughs> Never go full retard. <laughs> Okay, uh, BTOsports.com, RacerX podcast. We didn't give you one last week, but I think we did a good job this week to deliver uh, an hour and plus of uh, entertainment from Miller Motorsports Park. And, uh, and other things, uh, Jason Wygant, Jason Thomas, thanks both of you. And uh, we'll see you both at Lake Elsinore, um, where I, once again I feel like our first topic next week we'll be talking about the track. So, Fair point. Thanks, guys. <laughs> see ya. See ya. This has been the BTOsports.com podcast show brought to you by RacerX. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take the money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself that's it you know and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that you know that i was going to miss the daughter ron machine until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying it's like beating a dead horse i mean you know and i know from personal experience did anybody ever sit me down of course they did everybody did go circuits mitch payton there's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pitch and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it. You just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. 
Search Pulp MX on the iTunes Store to enjoy these and many more great podcasts. You know I've got this friend up in the atmosphere, and